Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer, the Duke beat writer for the newspaper. Joined, as always, by the landlord, Sheldon Williams, talk about Duke basketball. Sheldon, how you been this week? Good, good. Uh, I'm out here on the West Coast. I was able to see uh, my daughter um, volleyball tournament, which was uh, a, kind of a new experience for me. You know, it's a long day, you know, 7 a.m. to like 3 uh, in the afternoon, mm. and you staying there the whole time. So, uh, I, I called my mom uh, and my dad afterwards. I was like, uh, all the stuff that I did when I was younger, me and my brother, y'all stayed in the gym all day long. You know, as a kid, you don't really appreciate it because you just in the moment. Yeah, like, you're playing a, games as, and that's all stuff, right? Right, yeah. right. As an adult and everything, you're like, man, we've been here for seven hours. Like, <laughs> but it, it was take, it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> takes you back to those, you know, EYBL or whatever AAU days, right? Yeah, it was, it was AAU, AAU back in my day. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> so good for you, man. I'm glad you got to yeah. see that and spend the time with her. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the Blue Devils have had you know some time off this week um, since the loss to Clemson last Saturday. Next time they play will be. Um, Saturday against Miami in a big ACC game. And right at this point, I guess they're all big, right, for Duke because they are uh, they have three ACC losses um, already to Clemson, NC State, and Wake Forest, which I don't think we looked at that start of the year going into it. But that's where we are, um, and they've got to get some things going here. Um, I do want to remind everybody real quick before we get going that the the uh, the podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. We always appreciate their support of the Believe in Duke podcast. Because Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, including uh, NFL playoffs, which have started now, uh, pro college basketball, UFC, and MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup, NFL player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So, um, you know, one thing uh, coming out of the Clemson game was another example of the offense just not being up to, not being, not being very good, frankly. Let's put it that way. Um, fourth game in a row, Duke has failed to shoot 40% or better. Uh, it's really going to be hard to win games when you're not shooting 40%. Um, they're not, um, you know, getting as many assists, um, you know, on, on baskets. Uh, their percentage for the year is 54%, which is, I think, 51% is the national average. So they're, if you look at the year as a whole, when they had Roach and people like that, they've had moments where the offense has been, has had, has, had, has done okay. You know, even if they shot well, they've shared the ball better. Um, but, you know, they talk a lot about going inside out with the offense that uh, doesn't seem to be working right now. Just, you know, what are your thoughts, Sheldon, I guess, as you watch the Clemson game? And as they look at the rest of the season here about maybe what they can do to try to, you know, generate more easy scoring opportunities. That's what's going to have to be. If you're not a great shooting team, you're going to have to generate easy scoring chances inside, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, uh, starting the year, you know, having uh, looked at the team and the, the buildup of the team, I was seeing, like, I understand the inside-outside uh, presence with uh, Flip and uh, Lively. 
And then I'm looking as the team kind of unfolds and evolves into the team that they go, you know, become, you know, it's, I guess the only way you can do the inside outside is if you have some outside shooting, because otherwise they're going to pack it in on flip and uh, especially with uh, lively only, you know, doing things off of rolls and dunks and alley-oops and things like that. You know, he's not the inside presence. So we have to have people to shoot the basketball for us to go inside outside consistently. But right now we don't have that. Uh, I'm not sure if we need, to start seeing more of shoot, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's supposed to be the only real pure shooter, I guess. Um, so maybe he can get some more minutes, you know, coming up now too. I know John kind of talked about it a little bit as well, but kind of get him going and see, he get him, you know, inserted into the uh, ACC play because he hasn't played much in ACC, I think like 12 or 13 minutes total uh, so far for ACC games. But hopefully um, looking at that, we can get more shooters. Um, I know Mark Mitchell, you know, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, you know, but based on his percentage, you know, he's, he does a you know pretty decent job shooting the three. But if we don't have anybody shooting the three, we got to have scores, you know, just on, from the perimeter. And we don't have that consistently either. So the inside outside is going to be a lot harder for us to do without the other component of the outside. Yeah, uh, that that is a big problem. You've, you've got to find somebody to hit an open shot. And, um, you know, it helps that Duke is such a good rebounding team that that has made up a difference, right? They're, I think they're fourth in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. You know, they, they rebound, right. they miss right. a lot of shots, but they get a lot of rebounds and that's, yeah. that's yeah. hustle and grit and that's all good. And that, that goes a long way. I mean, you'd rather have that than not have it. That's for sure. But boy, if you could mix it in with shooting, you know, 43% or 44% instead of 38 or 37%, just that little difference, you know, um, uh, making, you know, getting the open shots. Cause you're right. At some point we've, and we've talked about it, people throw a zone out there because they're not worried about, you know, Duke bombing away and hitting, hitting three pointers over the zone. And I know there's a game with Syracuse coming up next month. Syracuse isn't a great team this year, but they uh, should play the heck out of they, a zone. They can play that zone no matter what's going on. Uh, um, Christmas time comes around every December, you know, Syracuse is going to play every, you know, zone every single year, no matter what the team is, the buildup and whatever. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That that zone is, is coming. And especially the way they play, it's a top tier of how they play zone. Um, but it just kind of going back, I'm looking at the game and I'm like, all right, I saw the stats after the game. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, one of the best players, uh, it was a Henson. It was a Henson. Uh, Hunter. Uh, Hunter, I'm sorry. Clemson, yeah. yeah, so he didn't score the first half. You yes. know, he's, you know, the leading scorer and everything. Why I'm having seven uh, points. Right, you Hunter know, Tyson. Like, this is they like shut me. down Hunter Tyson, yeah. Right, right, right. So this is me just kind of like looking at the stats outside of me watching the game. And I'm like, all right, well, the best player we shut down. They have five guys shooting 40% or better from three. They shot 17% from three. And right. we out-rebounded them. You know, we played well stat-wise. This is not me watching the game. But then me watching the game, yes, we played well up until, what, the last seven, eight minutes? Yeah. Where we couldn't really score a basket. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing, um, like, this, the, the guy, PJ, uh, PJ Hall. Yes, you know, PJ Hall. Yeah. He played well all night. He was a big factor for them. Every time they needed a bucket, it seemed like Hall was, you know, either squaring up, shooting a jump shot, getting uh, baskets, or – you know, we couldn't get key rebounds late either. So um, even though we out-rebounded them, they were making stops um, and getting key plays. 
And that kind of hurt us uh, towards the end, especially when we're already kind of being deflated with us not, well, uh, I guess us having a hard time really figuring out who's going to be our go-to guy towards the end of the game where we need a basket, we need to control the game, we need to control the tempo, that type thing. And we need to figure that part out too um, for us to close get, close out games. Yeah, um, that that's it. I mean, you know, for all we, as poor as Duke played overall, like Duke had an eight-point lead early in the second half. And kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the Kansas game, right? Duke was ahead in that game and like get away. Um, there, there's better in there because, you know, Duke has that win over Xavier, which is looking like a really good team now, right? They've, they've got some notches. That's why the, you look at the net and all that kind of stuff. Duke is still in the top thirty because they have some good wins. They played well at times this year, but right now they're just kind of in the in the slump that, um, uh, it fell apart late for them uh, in the Clemson game. That was the, I guess the most demoralizing thing was, um, Clemson scored like an eight eight zero run to tie the game after Duke had the eight point lead. And then, you know, it was kind of nip and tuck from there to the last six minutes when not only, and, and Shire mentioned this in the post-game press conference, he was upset with the way the defense played late. You mentioned that. they P.J. Hall got some shots in the lane. Um, as, as good a job as they did at Hunter Tyson overall. You know, Hall's a really good player. He's probably going to be first-team ACC. He had 26 points. But um, you give him open shots in the lane, that's too easy. You can't be, can't be doing that. So, um, you know, now... You go forward, um, you know, Miami's coming up on Saturday and then quick turnaround to go to Virginia Tech on Monday, which they're one and six at the conference. But but that's always a tough place. It seems like for Duke to play up at Blacksburg. And we know this team hasn't been the same on the road like like many teams haven't been the same on the road as they have been at home. So um, it's a pretty quick, quick turnaround there uh, for two, two important games. And, you know, already right now at, you know, four and three in the conference. You're already looking up at a lot of teams. I think Duke's ninth in the conference right now, and you start absorbing two, three more losses here before the end of January, and it's going to be almost impossible to get back up at the top four of the conference. I don't want to sound the alarm like that, you know, but uh, what did Yogi Berra say? It's getting late early. <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you would have told me that, you know, I guess one of the better teams in the state of Carolina is going to be Wake Forest at the beginning of the year – I'm like, dude, you know, right. yeah, I, and I mean, it's not like, you know, Clemson's a, you know, Clemson's a number one ACC, you know, yeah. I, I would never have thought that, I mean, no shade to them, because I don't really know their program outside when they played against us the other day on Saturday, um, but I didn't think that was going to be a number one team either, right. and they came in, they played well as a team, they showed why they are a number one team, you know, uh, the way they fought back from uh, eight points down, like you said, and then kind of, kind of, you know, taking control late in the game and uh, not letting us, you know, get back over that hump. Mm -hmm. But the fact that our team is still looking to finish, learn how to finish out games, you know, that's something that we have to know to do uh, because right now it's 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 tough for us. Because right now nothing is easy for us. You know, like the past Duke teams, we will have that that. Duke run, you know, yeah, like, a spurt, it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's always going to come. Like we don't know when, but we know exactly every game is going to come. And now it's kind of like, all right, we're having a hard time trying to figure out, all right, if they double down on flip, you know, who's going to, especially with Roach being out, who's going to be that other guy? And you know, Mark is going to be slashing the basket, you know, and things like that. But we don't know exactly who's going to step up. I will say, 
I was very impressed with Proctor. I think he had a season and a career high at Clemson was 17, I believe. And he looked good and he looked like he was in aggressive and attack mode most of the game. So it's showing that he is actually stepping up um, these last couple of, you know, I see flashes of who he might be as a player. And it's good to watch him uh, progress like he's been doing. We just need more of that from more players. That is right. He had a great game, uh, 17 points, a couple of assists. Like he had two or three turnovers, but I mean, that's going to handle the ball that much. You're going to get some turnovers, but uh, particularly with Roach, he's so much more of the burden has fallen on Tyrese. And we've seen, again, a couple of games here uh, where he's where he's been more aggressive on offense and um, uh, he's he's made a big difference there. Um, you know, Whitehead's had his little run where he played really well. Step back, he didn't play as well against Clemson. But I think that's just maybe the the ebb and flow of the freshman stuff, right? So, yeah, I mean, you can't really, you know, it's I mean, in a perfect world, you'd have Whitehead playing well every night, Proctor playing well every night, Filipowski doing what he does every night. Okay, then you got something. Then you're back to having a top 10 team in the country, right? But that's probably not reality, right? They're going to have, you're going to have one guy having an off night. So you hope somebody else can pick it up and, and do it that way. So I would think uh, that Whitehead will, will probably be that kind of little upswing here after not playing as well uh, in the, in the Clemson game. Normally he, you know, he'll have one off game and then come back and play well for the next two. So uh, that's one thing they can hope for. But I think what you mentioned earlier is, is really the key is everything is so hard. It's so hard. As I watched him play, I was down at Clemson and um, you know, the fast break points don't come as easy. And it's like, everything's like, it's like you're pushing a, a boulder uphill and I guess we're so used to watching, you know, Duke teams that go on those 11 to two runs in like, you know, a minute and 30, right. And just wipe out a, wipe out a deficit. So right. um, that's part of the adjustment of watching this team all the time is knowing, okay, that's what it's going to be, but they have to have the grit to be able to push through and, and it does make it harder, but it's not impossible. It just makes it harder. And um, I guess maybe that's the whole mentality you have to take, right. Is it's, it's just going to be a slower process to get them through this and, um, uh, uh, you know, the de- it's going to have to start on defense, which, which it has most of the season. Yeah, I mean, correct. I mean, uh, you know, especially with this new era of basketball where a lot of players are younger, there's not a lot of veteran teams, you know, per se anymore, unless you're mid-major or smaller schools, you know, who are keeping most of the players throughout the whole three, four years, you know, it, it's, it's going to be different for us um, because the rotation of our great players that come in and out we don't have that solidified veteran group that's going to help us through these low moments. And that's something that we have, especially, you know, we only have one captain and he's not even playing right now. So it's kind of hard to use him. He can say what he wants to say on the bench, but being out there in, you know, in the action and seeing what he's seeing during the game versus what you're seeing on the bench is two different things a lot of times anyway. But having somebody kind of just, put the arm around our young guys once we are, you know, everybody's kind of relaxed. All right. We're in the moment. We all revved up and everything. Just kind of relax. We're going to get flip going on this shot right here. We're going to get, you know, uh, Mark on the backslide, you know, attacking the basket or something, whatever. And right now that's not, that's not something we have. We don't have that luxury uh, with this team. And I'm hoping that with the practices they have between, you know, Clemson and to, uh, uh, Miami, maybe they can take steps into this because I don't want to get to a point where we might be looking in February. Like, is it too late to turn that corner? 
you know, right. that type thing. So we don't want to be too far behind, um, the, you know, you know, from that. So hopefully that's the case. And we actually taking more steps towards that, especially when we're playing at home. So hopefully that's the, another yeah. good thing too. That's right. And uh, talking to John Shire earlier this week, you know, he said a couple of things they wanted to work on. They weren't going to start working on Miami game plan for a few days. They wanted to work on themselves for a couple of days, which is good. And that it was to try to work to try to get easier baskets. That was one thing. Try to be a little more connected, try to find some ways to get a little easier baskets. So extra pass here, extra pass there. We'll see how that works out. And that was one thing. Number two was uh, Jeremy Roach was supposed to have a kind of a medical checkup to kind of see where the toe was. John felt like it was improving. Um, he didn't know if it was all the way back, but that, you know, progress had been made and that uh, Jeremy's getting closer. Now he was still in the boot um, uh, down at Clemson. So uh, they got to get him back on the practice court uh, and going that way. But I know they want to be careful with him, but it sure seems like maybe by the end of, you know, here it is, you know, mid, mid January, January 19th, January 20th, we're probably no more than a week away from maybe getting him back in practice court and maybe in, seeing if he can, if he can work through that because uh, the the fear of course is if you know he'll go out big toe as he said the big toes involved in everything you know right <laughs> yeah I mean uh, I never had an issue with my toes and everything like that I've seen other players I mean shoot we had uh, a few years back we had Kyrie we had a you know, issue with the toe and everything too and held him out to what eight to ten games that year um, I'm sorry yeah. he only played he only played eight to ten games that year yes but the fact that you know Every time you run and jump and stop and start, you know, it's putting, you know, pressure in the shoe on that toe and everything. And you know, every time you bend the foot, you know, you, you aggravating it. So I'm hoping that, you know, one, he's actually coming back to the point where he's able to play. But also on the flip hand, I'm like, hopefully he hasn't lost as much conditioning since he was, you know, playing plus, you know, 25 plus minutes a game to all of a sudden, you know, being out for the last couple of weeks and everything. So I'm hoping that's not the case either. But uh, like I said, with Proctor, you know, maybe he's now finding himself into a new role that now that he's the sole, you know, uh, ball handler, he's over here being a kind of the floor general, so to speak, you know, and it's showing, you know, he's been showing these flashes. And all of a sudden, like, you know, he had his best game against Clemson. You know, Clemson is a very good team that uh, was actually playing physical with him. And he still was attacking and, uh using his body contact against uh, Clemson defense and still was going right back into it. And he did that against uh, Brevin Galloway, the guard that guarded him, who previously played at Boston College for a couple of years before they played down at College of Charleston. So here's, here's a guy who's, you know, 23, 24 years old, one of those COVID seniors the extra year. Older uh, he guy, decided, yeah. yeah, he's an older guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and you know, Galloway played well down the stretch. That's kind of one of the reasons why Clemson won number 11. But But anyway, but the fact is that Proctor did some good things against him. So that is a good sign uh, as they go forward here. They're going to play another team of veteran guards, um, you know, Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack for um, uh, Miami. And then, uh, you know, uh, Virginia Tech has Hunter Couture and Sean Padula uh, that, you know, really torched Duke last year in the ACC tournament. So uh, Proctor will definitely be a key going forward here um, as they as they uh, get ready for these, these couple of games. So um, we're going to try something new on the podcast. We're going to, we're going to cut this short today. We're going to uh, join you again after the, uh, before the Virginia Tech game. So we're going to try to post something again on Monday. So you'll have a preview of that game. So um, appreciate everybody listening to us uh, on this one as they you know, try to work through this and the Blue Devils try to find their footing and try to get climb up the ACC standings. They got a chance here 
two games in the next uh, three days, you know, Saturday and Monday turnaround. So um, you can you can start sliding back or you can start climbing forward. Time to get busy living or get busy dying, right? And that what the line was for the movie? Right, right. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for joining on, on this edition, uh, Sheldon. Uh, and we'll talk to you again uh, over the weekend. We'll have something up on, on Monday morning for you, okay? Thanks a lot, everybody. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.